Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Georgia has added a couple of commitments this week, and they're names that are kind of those fast riser categories in the recruiting circles, which has caused Georgia fans to have to play catch up pretty quick, finding out who three-star wide receiver Dylan Bell really is. The good news is we'll have Terrence Edwards on a little bit later on. Terrence is a great former wide receiver and a current you know, wide receivers coach, so he certainly is very good at breaking down the play of these young men. And we'll let Terrence tell us exactly what Georgia is getting in Dylan Bell. We'll do that a little bit later on. The other name in this discussion is Griffin Scroggs, the three-star offensive lineman from Grayson High School that also committed to Georgia this week, too. And Scroggs, another one of those guys, even though he's in-state, and for those of us that live in the metro Atlanta area, really not too far away from kind of where we call home, playing for a big power program like Grayson. It was at one point in time at Buford. So he's been at some of these big, you know, kind of power-type, program-type places. But this is also a guy that a lot of us have had to acquaint ourselves with uh, pretty quickly in terms of exactly what he brings to the table. And that's one of the reasons why yesterday on SEC Country Live, I wanted to bring on a guy that knows Scroggs really well. That's Willie Anderson. Now, a lot of you who've been longtime NFL fans know Anderson very well. This is, by the way, not the former George basketball player and uh, first-round pick of the San Antonio Spurs. This is a different Willie Anderson than the one who I think – didn't he once – punch Dwayne Shinsis in the face at the SEC basketball tournament. I feel like I'm probably getting off target here, but it ain't that Willie Anderson. This is the Willie Anderson who was like a four-time pro bowler, Cincinnati Bengals, former Auburn great, uh, you know, pretty big-time guy when it comes to all this, and a guy who has tutored uh, Griffin Scroggs along his way to earning an offer from Georgia and then being in a position this week to accept that offer. So this is a pretty respected name when it comes to the offensive line conversation. And as we talked about yesterday, when it comes to a guy who is as a quote, quote, fast riser, exactly what does that mean? And we showed you yesterday kind of side-by-side -side photograph of here's what Scroggs looked like a couple of years ago. Here's what he looks like now. And you see a guy who's always been big. You know, God gave him some height, which is kind of a nice thing to have a big frame. At one point in time, he's 330-plus pounds. But the photo that we saw the other day, you know, still in that kind of 300-pound range, but that weight was kind of put in different places. There was chest sticking out of the T-shirt. I mean, this was a guy that had clearly kind of transformed his body. And when Willie Anderson, who's a great former offensive lineman and a guy that has coached up Scroggs along the way, at least as a personal coach, getting him to where he needs to be right now, that body transformation is also something that, that Willie Anderson talked about when it comes to Griffin Scroggs. But that wasn't the only thing that, that, that Anderson has seen from Scroggs over the course of the years that made him think that Griffin had a chance to be SEC potential. This is good stuff from Willie Anderson. Let me let, me let you hear some of this. You get a kid, first of all, who loves Georgia. He, he also is a guy who was dedicated to changing his body. And once I told him two years ago that he was too big, and I said, man, the line position has changed. It's about athleticism and quick, fast guys, which he was a big, quick, fast guy, but I didn't think the college coaches would look at his body. I mean, he, he was a big kid forever. He was three, three pounds. At 15 years old, he was able to do a full body split, like a, a full ballerina split. Like, wow. this kid is unbelievably flexible. I know that's you know, a little bit of a maybe of a cell phone issue in terms of the signal there, but I hope that you got everything that Anderson said there because 
what he brings to the table is, as we talked about before, um, a guy that did transform his body. But Willie Anderson says even before that body transformation occurred, this was already a pretty interesting athlete and that he could do a full body split. He had the flexibility that is pretty uncommon really for almost anybody. Certainly, I can't do a full body split. I sort of bend like a Ken doll, just kind of at my shoulders and my hips. Like I don't really bend. <laughs> too well other than that if you play golf if you watch me play golf you'll see more evidence of that but apparently Griffin Scroggs had much greater flexibility than that much greater control of his body and dexterity even when he was 330 plus pounds as Willie Anderson says there this was a guy that could already do the split he already had some athleticism but Anderson suggests that if he could just slim down a little bit more change his body a little bit more that he had the athleticism to fit in with what college football has become a position in which you know it's not just you know as he described it in another portion of the interview, Shaquille O'Neal type body types just pushing people around. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to to get on the run from time to time. And you want, as an offensive lineman, to be able to do that. And that's what Willie Anderson says that Griffin Scroggs is now in a better position to be able to do. The other thing that you heard there in that clip, and I think this is really valuable. He says you're getting a guy that loves Georgia, and y'all, I've told you before, I'm just kind of, I guess, kind of stupidly sentimental sometimes, and. You know, as much as I also like it when Georgia goes out and gets the number one one ranked prospect America and goes across the country to do so, you bring in a Darnell Washington from Arizona, from uh, Nevada or a Keely Ringo from Arizona or you know whichever other state that Georgia's gone into and poached the very best talent from that state. As much as I like all that kind of stuff, I mean, it does really work on me, and I do love to hear a guy like Anderson say for a guy like Scroggs, who going back to when he was in the eighth grade and even younger than that, growing up just had a dream of playing for Georgia. And now, because of the work that he's been doing, he has a chance to fully realize that dream. I mean, if you if you don't like that, I, something's wrong with you, I think. And Which is not to say that, that a love for Georgia alone is enough to fuel you as a prospect. I would never try to tell you that because that's simply not true. But it does mean something to me that there are guys at Georgia who love being at Georgia because I think over the course of time that contributes to a positive culture for the program. So here's a little bit more of Willie Anderson kind of talking about what he'd seen from Griffin Scroggs and the fact that the movement that's occurring for Scroggs right now, climbing up recruit rating boards, getting on the radar of Georgia. Willie Anderson says if it hadn't been for the coronavirus, he thinks a lot of this would have actually happened sooner. Once again, very interesting stuff from Willie Anderson, the four-time Pro Bowler. Take a listen to this. I knew last summer, if he had gone to a bunch of college camps, he would have killed one-on-one pass pro drills because that's all we trained for. And I was looking forward to him last season. I, I thought he would blew up last year. But, you know, COVID stopped that. And Coach Luke called me about him and two, two other my kids back in January. And tell those guys to be patient. We will do a full evaluation. We like them right now. We we'll make sure. And when time went on, they, they made sure. And Griffin, Griffin came to their camps, did really good in one on ones. And like I say, the guy was down to 295 pounds, 330. He looked good. He, he, he's a guy who finishes blocks. He's made him do for SEC football, put it like that. Made for SEC football. You like that from Willie Anderson. And the other thing is, when you hear Willie Anderson talk about the fact that Matt Luke had Scroggs on his radar a year ago saying, hey, just be patient. We're watching you. We're seeing how this unfolds. Once we can get back together again and have you know, face-to-face contact, we'll give you a full evaluation. We'll find out what's really going on here. I mean, isn't this the way that football is supposed to work? 
aren't you supposed to have to work hard to earn something and have no expectation that anything's going to be given to you just because you're tall, just because you're 300 plus pounds? That may make you a college football prospect, but let's really see what you really look like. Let's see how you do, as Anderson said, in one-on-one battles. Can you hold your own against guys who also have a chance to play at the SEC level? Are you capable of doing that? Apparently, Scroggs did. Apparently, in a little bit of a, you almost think of it as in these camp reps sometimes, almost like a street fight, right? It's like you get out there and he fought for something and he earned something a scholarship from georgia uh, a scholarship that he was able to uh, commit to and he took it just like that i mean to me this is kind of the way the football's supposed to work here that that uh, nothing's expected nothing is given it is all 100 earned in the case of griffin scroggs it seems like he has earned that scholarship at the university of georgia and i gotta tell you i think stories like that are great for the 2022 class for the dogs and i can't wait to figure out exactly which of these kinds of stories is going to unfold next my name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, right there on the page at dognation.com. We've gotten so much great feedback from this, really thousands of you. Now go to dognation.com and watch the show right at the top of the page above the fold as i like to think of it and that's kind of a cool thing to be able to do really though however you get to the show whether it be on the video side the podcast side facebook youtube twitter twitch radio noon athens sports radio 960 the ref really whatever we're just really glad to have you a part of what we're doing here today and it would not be possible that our friends at merriweather and tharp and yes i know i use the word divorce and everybody kind of stops what they're doing because you know, a lot of you are listening and you're busy thinking about something else. You're driving down the road or you're exercising or really whatever else. Getting your kids to school this time of year, probably a lot what a lot of you are doing, uh, at least early in the morning anyway. The point is, you hear that divorce word and the first thing that you know comes to your mind are like, I mean, it's just such a scary word, right? It's such, a, it's such an intense word. It's a word that it comes loaded with a lot of feelings and drama and emotion. And I totally understand that. But here's the thing you got to understand though as well. That for some people, divorce is just a fact of life. Statistically speaking, an audience the size of ours, a lot of you have either dealt with this before or you may find yourself dealing with this in the very near future. And the only thing I can really do right now by way of supporting you is just telling you that if you'll have somebody strong on your side, if you'll have an advocate who understands the law and understands the way in which the intricacies of the law, easy for me to say, (laughs) intricacies of the law impact you and your personal situation, you'll be set up for success. A more enjoyable season next than the one you may be currently in right now. And that's why my friends at Meriwether and Tharp are so important to know. They are the Atlanta Divorce Team. Uh, you can find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. They're your source for Georgia divorce. If you go there, you'll see all kinds of free resources. And I like free resources because blog posts, podcasts, things like that, I think set you up to ask better questions when you have that first free initial, initial consultation. And as they guide you through the process, you're not surprised by very much. You understand how how the things that are going to happen are going to impact you and uh, the institutional knowledge that Meriwether and Tharp has gained over the years that can put that to work for you. So really and truly, if you find yourself in this situation, reach out. Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. All right, before we're done on today's show, I'm going to give you a chance to hear a little bit of audio from LSU coach Ed Orgeron. The reason why I play this is, Obviously, the injury to Miles Brennan is a pretty significant offseason story, preseason story, let's call it that. But the real honest way in which 
Orgeron talks about all this, I think is really interesting. I think this is relevant for Georgia fans. So we'll do that with Ed Orgeron for a couple of minutes near the end of the show. Also, Terrence Edwards stops by today there as well. Uh, we'll get into Dylan Bell with him. We will really get into all that's going to go down here before the start of UGA practice as it does get going here at the end of this week. So good stuff with Terrence Edwards coming up in just a little bit. Before that, though, time to go around the doghouse uh, presented today by our friends at Serve Pro And I want to spend a minute talking about something that we're obviously going to talk a lot about in the weeks to come, and that is the game against Clemson week one for Georgia. And my reason for wanting to bring this up today is a couple of things. There was some interesting news that I want to get to in a moment, but also an interesting comment. We like Tom Hart around here a lot. We've had Tom on our show many times before there as well, broadcaster for the SEC Network. And Tom was also on the Birmingham, Alabama sports radio station WJOX this week with Cole Kublik and uh, former Alabama quarterback uh, also there on, on that show, you know, doing things in the morning now for WJOX and Greg McElroy, I blanked on his name for a second, McElroy and Kublik there in the morning for WJOX and Tom Hart was a guest in the show. And the question to Tom Hart was, hey, uh, who is the team just behind Alabama in your mind? And Tom Hart on that show made his case for Clemson. I think this is interesting for what it sets us up to say about the Tigers, the week one opponent for UGA. So let me let you hear Tom Hart from WJOX touting Clemson right now as the number two team in the country with a significant gap between Clemson and Alabama, but nonetheless, slightly ahead of everybody else. This is Tom Hart on Clemson. at a lot of different spots, not the least of which is head coach. And I don't know how you get what word you guys would use to describe it, but um, overall program direction. Culture, like what, what, culture what maybe? Overarching, right. Yeah, culture. That, that fits. I mean, the continuity that they have in the coaching staff, the culture that they've developed and kept over the years. I like DJ quarterback. He showed what he can do with, you know, in, in flashes last year. And I just... It's not the same as Alabama, but I have faith that Clemson is a program. When they have turnover, they can reload better, right? I mean, they've got is Justin Ross coming back at the receiving position. They've got new O-line at three spots. But I don't know, man. I just It's just Clemson. One of the things that Tom Hart mentions there is Justin Ross, the Clemson wide receiver, who has dealt with a pretty serious health issue over the course of the last year. There is now good news, at least on the Clemson side of this, to report here. Uh, it certainly seems like Ross is on his way to getting a full clearance. Larry Williams the, from the Clemson Insider, one that's been reporting on this, saying that on Twitter here over the course of the last 24 hours that good news is being heard on the uh, Justin Ross front. And as Williams also said in a later tweet, that it was legitimately up in the air there for a while, whether or not Ross be fully cleared and able to play here this upcoming year. But it sounds like that that's the direction all this is trending in right now. However, even if that's true, and let me just say that what Tom Hart says there is a valid opinion, right? I mean, arguing for Clemson as the number two team in the country behind Alabama, given the recent track record of success for the Tigers, that it's, it's a valid opinion. Plenty of people have it. That seems to be what Tom Hart thinks. However, there are elements of what Hart says there I disagree with. And I don't disagree with it from the standpoint of my favorite team is Georgia and Georgia about to go in there and stomp Clemson and Georgia about to prove everybody wrong who, who has tied it for Clemson. This isn't trash talk here because – I can't be certain of who's going to win the game between Georgia and Clemson week one. And I certainly can't be certain that it's going to be Georgia. But the one thing that I do truly believe, the last time we saw Clemson play against Ohio State in the college football playoff, they got waxed. They got beat up and down. Tom Hart mentions 
the issues with the Clemson offensive line. That's a big question mark ahead of the Tigers for the upcoming season. And frankly, I'm kind of happy for Justin Ross that he's healthy and able to play. But do I think that the Justin Ross we see week one for Clemson against Georgia is the same one we saw in the 2018 National Championship game? If I had to guess, my guess is, no, that might not quite be totally true as of yet. If, if he's eventually that player, he may have to work his way back towards being that player over the course of the season. And absent Ross, there's a lot of talented you know receivers in that Tigers program, Jonah Gott and others, but they really haven't played a lot of football. There's not a lot of returning production coming back in that Clemson wide receiver core. To say nothing of the fact that Travis Etienne is gone and Trevor Lawrence is gone. I mean, there is a lot of big replacements that have to take place for Clemson. Still great on defense, you would assume. But this is not a team absent of questions. So you may be wondering, well, B.A., what's the point you're trying to build to, get to here? It's not to guarantee a Georgia victory in the game. It's just to simply remind you that on a show like ours, we're going to obsess over every little issue related to Georgia. How well the dogs set up offensive line and new look secondary and everything like that. But the fixation that we have on Georgia's issues, after all, this is a UGA-themed show, the, fixa the fixation we have with Georgia's issues should not obscure the fact that on the other side of the field, on the other side of the ball, in that game in Charlotte on September 4th, Clemson has its own series of issues there as well. I mean, if you want to take the Ohio States and the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Oklahomas and kind of put them in a pot and you know give people a chance to weigh in and give their feelings, different people are going to take different you know uh, picks in terms of who is the biggest threat to Alabama right now. As I said before, if you pick Clemson, it's a valid answer. I can understand why you would, but. Just because this team's won a couple of national championships and just because they've been in the college football playoff as many consecutive years as they have, I think the issues related to Clemson having to replace Lawrence, having to replace Etienne, having to find some wide receivers that can do what the Clemson wide receiving core has done in recent years, I think all of those are very, very significant issues. And it's the kind of thing that should not be obscured on the orange sideline heading that game against Clemson there on week one. That is Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at ServPro. And what ServPro provides for you is a really great service because sometimes our homes, the ones we love, the ones we live in, the ones that provide us shelter, sometimes damage occurs, right? And, mo and mo most frequently that damage comes via – you know, water damage, fire damage, things like that. But that's what really what ServPro steps up and does for you. They're able to kind of repair that damage and really make your home like new, like literally like it never happened before. That's what the uh, restorations experts at ServPro are able to do for you. They're going to be there for you every step of the way on all of that. You can call them. They'll immediately get to work on just getting your home back the way that it's supposed to be. ServPro franchises are also all independently owned and operated, so it's great to do business with uh, family-owned companies like that. That's what ServPro is known for your uh, restoration specialist getting your home back to new like it never happened when you face damage that comes from water and fire and things like that so here's the website to go to it's servepro.com if you're listening radio podcast i'll describe it to you that's s-e-r-v s-e-r-v servepro.com let the restoration specialists of uh, servepro get your home back into perfect condition literally like the damage that you may have experienced like it never happened great to have them as a part of around the doghouse great to have all of you with us here in the program today there as well there is a lot to do before we are done including big news around the sec but for now everything happening around uga as the dogs get ready to start uh, practice here this week let's talk to a great former dog himself the wide receiver terrence edwards good to have all of you with us in the program too so you know at this point i actually felt like things were going pretty well for the show we were kind of bouncing right along everything was kind of as expected however 
We had a phone issue. Wasn't able to talk to Terrence Edwards today. Now, the cool thing was he did make an appearance in our Facebook comment section and took some comments there from the folks who were watching on video, but that obviously doesn't help you on podcast unless you want to pull up the video and watch it yourself. The point is, I'll talk more about the issue later on the show when we get to our cool down, but for now, please accept my truly sincere apologies for not having an interview today. We'll roll on with the rest of the show, and hopefully things will be fixed in time for tomorrow. One way or another, I will have Jeff Sintel on the show for tomorrow, so we'll figure out something on that, and obviously, thanks for being here with us here today. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So we'll move on to our SEC Through here. I do want to give a quick shout-out to my friends at Classic City Lager. I am so happy to have Classic City Lager from Creature Comforts Brewing Company back here on our program once again because I just love it. I love it because I like simple things. I like good cold beer, and that's what Classic City Lager is, a lager-style beer which means you know lighter beer, but that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice any of the flavor. Still a very crisp flavor when it comes to Classic City Lager. It's just an easy drinking beer. It goes great this time of year as you start thinking about tailgates and things like that. It's available in 6 and 12-pack cans. Really, wherever you do your shopping, you're going to see Classic City Lager from Creature Comforts Brewing Company. It's a taste of Athens, but you don't have to be in Athens to get it, although I do love being in Athens. We toured the, uh, the brewery the other day, went to the snow tire facility, had a little happy hour. What a great time that was. They're just such a big part of the Athens community, the Athens scene, supporting the arts community there and just really being a good neighbor, you know, a a good business neighbor to the community at large there in Athens. That's what Classic City Lager is. It is good, cold beer. So make sure you check out some Classic City Lager wherever you do your shopping. It is available in six and 12 pack cans. Make sure you check that out today. All right, SEC through time. Couple things to get to here for a moment. Obviously, there's been a lot of chatter about what the next domino to fall is in college athletics now that the SEC has added both Oklahoma and Texas. We don't know yet when they're officially going to be in the league, but they've accepted their invites to join. And obviously, one of the curiosities is, what is the response to the other leagues about this? Well, there's been some Pac-12 chatter about this. They've got a new commissioner. He kind of comes from the business world, casino exec in Las Vegas, and They've been meeting, they've been talking, the subject of expansion has come up, and obviously eyes are on the SEC. Let me show you a quote from the president of Washington State University, and this is Kirk Schultz, who's his name, and what Schultz uh, talks about is, is the way that the SEC has what he describes as uniting the rest of the conferences, saying that what the SEC has done has unified the other conferences in a way that nothing else could have. In terms of working together, a lot of people now are very concerned about the predatory nature of the SEC. Listen to that. Predatory nature. Those sound like those sound like fighting words when it comes to uh, some of this kind of stuff. The you know, predatory nature, wanting to, to, to fight back against that, and uh, I, I guess trying to band together. It is not obvious right now what the other league is going to be able to do because there's just not a lot of expansion opportunities available. Like the, the one thing you still hear about potentially moving around might be Kansas because they get the basketball team and you know they see a, a Big 12 on the brink of dissolution but as we've said before it's not going to be ACC teams they're locked up in a grant of rights agreement until deep into the 2030s or at least the mid part of the 2030s the Big 10 doesn't have a lot of motivation to make its changes one way or another there aren't very many teams they could add that would raise their 
revenue pie. Notre Dame's not available because Notre Dame, contractually speaking, is at least still tied in with the ACC for quite some time there too. They can join the ACC or they can not, but if they join, if they don't join the ACC, they can't join any other league for quite some time to come. And so that kind of puts them out of there. Plus, as we've talked about on the show already this week, the Big Ten's making money hand over fist anyway. They have a lot of the, the Big Ten schools have large alumni bases. There are you know many hundreds of thousands more Big Ten current undergraduate students than the SEC has. If you add all the SEC you know folks together, so that creates a alumni base that generates big time TV revenue. The uh, the Big Ten TV contract is actually really pretty good, so they don't have a huge you know motivation to change their current makeup either. The two leagues you're looking at right now are the Big 12, the Pac-12. You're looking at the Big 12 just in the curiosity of is this league going to be able to survive, and you're looking at the Pac-12 because it its grant of rights agreement will be up for negotiation sooner rather than later. So if there's any expansion to be done, then it seems like it would come from the Pac-12 because they're the, uh, the conference that has a chance to benefit from that sooner rather than later. By the way, that quote coming from the San Jose Mercury News, John Wilner it's probably the best guy covering the Pac-12. The best stuff on the Pac-12 seems to come out of Wilner, who writes in the San Jose Mercury News with good stuff there. Uh, there was also a very interesting comment recently from Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne, interviewed by Cecil Hurt, longtime columnist for the Tuscaloosa News. There had been some chatter because of the fact that, you know, we do have coronavirus cases on the rise in certain places, that this puts the full-capacity stadiums in the SEC this fall, something in the entirety of the league, has said they are planning on doing that possibly puts that in jeopardy and what Byrne was asked by hurt was hey can you basically guarantee that we will have full capacity stadiums at bryant denny are you moving ahead with that situation no matter what and Byrne gave kind of i don't want to say it's a non-answer but but certainly he didn't say committed one way or the other let me show you the quote from alabama athletic director greg Byrne on this once again coming via the tuscaloosa news and the columnist cecil hurt Burns says, we have not had any serious discussions about reducing capacity, and we'd like to keep it that way. I know our team and our fans are looking forward to a full stadium again, so we're asking people to do their part. I hate to bring this up because, I mean, obviously I don't like to be a buzzkill, and no one is looking forward to a, a full return to normal college football more than I am, but, you know, this is one of those honesty compels you to admit type deals where this is out there, that is going on, and... Um, you know, you just got to be paying attention to it. It is one of those things that athletic directors are going to be asked about more, and we are going to have to monitor this situation. I am so ready not to monitor this situation anymore, but for now, monitoring this situation is something we're going to still have to do. Let me mention this. ESPN has recently named Oxford, Mississippi, the number one college town in America. I've never been to Oxford. The people who have say it actually is kind of a pretty cool place. Good restaurants. Um, you know, there's the tradition around William Faulkner's grave and a lot of the stuff that goes on there. Obviously, the grove for tailgating. The tweet from ESPN says, unbelievable game day atmosphere. I think that's probably true. Most Athenians would tell you they believe that Athens, Georgia is the number one uh, college town in America. But nonetheless, there are, I think, some similarities between Oxford and uh, Athens that are probably worth considering here for a moment. Because they do have that kind of quaint town feel to them. It's more than just a place with a college. It's kind of a town itself that has kind of its own identity. And I think that sometimes those things can kind of work against you a little bit. I've always felt like the Athens that I grew up going to almost reminded me a little bit like the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. And for a long time, you know, I mean, the Cubs have now finally broken through and won a World Series a couple of years ago. But for a long time, the Cubs were kind of the lovable losers. And the big-time fans of the Cubs – 
huge fan base, uh, one of the most, more popular teams in Major League Baseball. But it's almost like a lot of Cubs fans were kind of okay, seemingly, with that lovable loser status because the games were so much fun to attend. And there's the bleacher seats and the Harry Carey and all the the things, the, the the quaintness of Wrigley Field that made losing more tolerable. And I think sometimes you got to be really careful about that when it comes to a great college town as well. I think one of the cool things about the University of Georgia, I'm about to put the football team on the field, is they've actually kind of eclipsed the game day atmosphere. I mean, almost anybody will tell you that Athens is a great place to go to. And boy, you haven't lived until you've seen college football Saturday in Athens. That's all really true. But you don't want the the confines to be so comfortable that all of a sudden people just find losing or at least not winning championships. Let's not say losing necessarily, but just not winning championships that people don't quite find that tolerable. Uh, they, they find that maybe too tolerable. You don't want that to be the case. And I think that Georgia has eclipsed that, which I think is a really good thing. Oxford, on the other hand, Ole Miss, it's almost like when you think Ole Miss football, you think, you know, the Grove tailgating, you think downtown Oxford and Square Books and, you know, City Grocery and all, all the sort of famous landmarks in that that downtown square. You almost think about that kind of stuff, and then finally you get to whatever Ole Miss has done on the football field. You also probably get to, like, NCAA <laughs> sanctions uh, pretty high on that list there as well. And part of that's due to the fact that Ole Miss is a smaller school, fewer resources. They spend much less money on football than the very best teams in the SEC do. But some of this is Ole Miss just kind of being happy to enjoy the party. And you win, you lose, whatever else, but at least everybody has fun on the Grove. And so it's good to be the number one college town in America, or at least be among the best college towns in America. And it's certainly great to have great tailgating. I love great tailgating as much as anybody. But sometimes those great environments around a stadium can kind of take the spotlight off where it needs to be, a football team trying to do everything it can to uh, get better. That's at least worth considering, and we'll make that your SEC through. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, I also want to continue the discussion about something we addressed yesterday, the injury to Miles Brennan, the LSU quarterback. And, you know, this is actually being described as a little bit of a freak injury, I guess, fishing-type accident, something like that, that's led to a broken arm for Brennan, which is going to require surgery. And Ed Orgeron, the LSU coach, made an appearance on the ESPN radio affiliate in Baton Rouge. There's a morning show there with T-Bob Bear and Jacob Hester, two former LSU players. And Orgeron makes an appearance there each and every week. It's a pretty revealing interview, typically speaking. And in the case of the Brennan thing, I want to play some of this audio because I want you to hear how just straightforward Orgeron is in talking about these kinds of issues. Really does not shy away from... Any question, any topic, acknowledging, first of all, the you know the, the sadness of the Brennan injury and giving us a little bit of a description about exactly how Brennan and his family have responded to that in, injury. Here is Ed Orgeron from Baton Rouge Sports Radio. Yeah, very unfortunate. You know, Miles was competing, was fighting to be the starting quarterback at LSU, fought back, had a great spring, had a great summer, had an unfortunate accident. Uh, he's getting operated this morning. Our prayers are with Miles and his family. It was tough. Uh, his dad and his mom took it hard. I'm sure Miles took it hard. Uh, I didn't get to talk to him yet. I, I called him yesterday, but I'm sure he was very upset. Yeah. But uh, we, we're going to follow him all the way through this. Uh, you know, the first thing that Miles' family is such a competitor, the first thing they want to do is the eligibility left. When's the timeline for him to come back? When can he compete to come back and finish his career at LSU? And you got to appreciate that. So good stuff there from Ed Orgeron. Also very open in his acknowledgement that 
if there was any doubt who the LSU quarterback was going to be before, there is none now that Max Johnson, who many of you know from Oconee County, uh, state of Georgia prospect at LSU, this is now unquestionably his job, Orgeron making that very clear, in a radio interview this week. Well, I don't see Max is going to be all-starter. Uh, you know, he's got to have a great camp. You know, uh, the best starter is this, the and he knows he's got to perform. But I believe in Max, just like I believe in Miles. And I think we got us a great quarterback, a great championship quarterback. Garrett's going to have to step up. Garrett's a very talented young man. I'm glad we got him. And, uh, you know, he's just got to learn the offense, step up, and, and be able to take care of the football. He had some unfortunate picks in the spring, but I know he's going to get better with experience. And then Matt O'Dowd. Matt, Matt, I'm glad we got a, a walk-on quarterback. He becomes a third-string quarterback. But we got to keep Max healthy. That's going to be the key. So I think it's interesting there at the end of that clip, Orgeron says you got to keep Johnson healthy. That's going to be the key. And in fact, it led to a discussion, or it was actually preceded by a discussion by the two former LSU players, Hester and T-Bob Bear, about does this mean you have to kind of run a different offense around Max Johnson than you otherwise might want to, prohibiting him from using athleticism, from running around too much, because running around too much leaves you open to taking big hit, and there is now very little quarterback depth behind Johnson on that LSU roster. Garrett Nussmeyer is a pretty impressive prospect, and he may eventually be the best quarterback on this LSU roster, but not right now. Orgeron made it pretty clear during the spring that Nussmeyer isn't ready to play, but he's going to have to quickly get ready as a backup, but you talk about the honesty from Orgeron, an example of that, the fact that, yeah, he pretty much admits that they have to be a lot more careful now with what they do with Max Johnson. I don't think you'd hear many coaches be as candid about that subject as Orgeron was here. One more time, take a listen. You know, you know it reminds me of, of 18 again. When we had Joe Burrow and Miles Brennan, we had, only had two quarterbacks on scholarship, and we did very well. There's some things that, you know, that Max does very well. Extend plays with his feet. We're going to let him do those things. There are some things that we can't do, some things that we can't do. We're going to see, but we have to be careful on how we use No question. So I think that's really interesting. Very, very honest, very, very candid remarks from Ed Orgeron. But the fact that, yes, we do have to be careful with how we use uh, Max Johnson. A lot of coaches would kind of sidestep that question. It's one of the things about Orgeron that I think is interesting is the fact that in a lot of cases he takes things like that head on. And right now LSU kind of finds itself in that spot that no program wants to be this time of year. Talking about a pretty big injury. I thought Johnson would have been the starting quarterback anyway. But clearly this greatly depletes the LSU quarterback depth. LSU now having to figure out how it moves on from that. There'll be other SEC teams who deal with a similar situation, and Georgia fans just hope that after a spring season that saw George Pickens get hurt and injury questions around other players there as well, that it's Georgia who avoids that kind of talk uh, this time of year as they get going during practice. So as we uh, wrap up here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, we love to do our Gatorade roll call. We love to do our Golden Shoe Award. We like to sort of brag on Gator Hater credentials. Those who show some really good Gator hating qualities are our Golden Shoe winners. And I'm also kind of a sucker for nostalgia. Uh, our Golden Shoe winner today is a perfect example of that. Let me show you this on the screen. So this is uh, Mike Lloyd who writes in to say, this is a shirt of mine from the 1980s. My wife found it packed up. Now, I totally remember this era of the 1980s when there were a lot of cartoon drawings on T-shirts. That's all I know to describe this as kind of the very cool cartoon version of Harry Dog and a couple of his Harry Dog type buddies sitting in the back of an old pickup truck, eating some gator tail for a uh, tailgate, got some sausages on the on the grill there too. 
I'd wear this shirt to my wedding. This is this is what an unbelievable T-shirt. Great job by Mike Lloyd, our uh, Golden Shoe winner for today. Also, speaking of the lousy, stinking Gators, put a Gator Hater countdown 86 days from right now. Dogs get a win against Florida. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Merriweather and Tharp. And on the podcast, time now for our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down, where we'll take your comments. And listen, y'all, I'm sorry about the guest thing today. Just, uh, I tell you. You know, some days it is tough, but we certainly appreciate uh, all the work that goes into making the show on the air each and every day. And those of you that join us via podcast there as well. Uh, it was funny. Terrence actually showed up in our Facebook comment section today. So if you get a chance to venture over there to the Facebook page, you can see some of Terrence's thoughts on some of the topics we were going to discuss. And we're working very hard to get that phone line fixed. Uh, this is kind of inside baseball. You don't really care about this, but eventually we're moving studios and <laughs> I guess eventually the building that we're in is going to be torn down. So it's like every day I come in here and to the building and like something that was here the day before is completely gone. Like, for instance, I eat my lunch sometimes in this break room in our Dog Nation World Headquarters studios. And like today I came in here and they were like taking all the tables out of the break room. And it's just like it's like slowly watching the Titanic sink you know, all the stuff in the building that just seems to be kind of going away. So eventually our Dog Nation World Headquarters Studios is moving. And while we are in the process of not moving, because we're still, you know, a few weeks away from, a couple months away from having that be an issue, just stuff is going on. And so that is the way all of that goes down. But nonetheless, I want to take some of your comments here for a moment, and we'll kind of roll on here. Mike Lloyd, you heard him be the winner of our Golden Shoe a moment ago. He wrote on Twitter to say that uh, he says I is disabled veteran and uh, being the Golden Shoe winner made his day. That means the world to me. You know, I love the fact my dad was a veteran, veteran of the Vietnam War. And I, I obviously have just great respect for those who've fought to protect our freedom and you know gave of their life, their youth, uh, the best years of their life in some cases, you know, healthiest uh, young bodies and, and and chose to give that body in service of our country is just an incredible thing all the way around. So, Mike, your service to our country is a debt we can never pay back to you, but it means the world to me that you listen to the podcast, and I'd give you a million golden shoes if I could because I just am glad to know that you're out there. Also, what Mike sent in that made him the golden shoe winner is, uh, like, I love those classic old-school 80s-era T-shirts and Barkalot, and I'm guessing I'd probably give the golden shoe to Barkalot tomorrow. He gives you one from 1985, and this one really is very well done. Plus, that's the great Georgia win, right, 24-3 in 1985, so there's some nice history related to all that there as well. Mad Dog wondering about some get-togethers here this upcoming season. We are in the plans of hopefully getting some of that kind of stuff planned. It's still just tricky, right? I mean, there's, you know, various sponsors, things like that, are a little sensitive about that kind of stuff right now, as you certainly understand. And even as you know, we get vaccinated and get healthier and safe, there's still there's just a little bit of, you know, uneasiness in the world right now. And different people have different opinions about that. Frankly, I totally, you know, get all of it, I guess. But uh, we got to kind of wait and see on some of that in terms of how many get-togethers we can truly have this year just related to how all this is going here for right now. William Perry, frequent uh, Twitter commenter, also mentions that uh, he got to meet one of his favorite college football personalities in Mississippi last week. He said it was a good panel discussion with Mike Leach, and there you see our buddy William Perry shaking the hands of Leach. Uh, very interesting stuff there. He said he got to even ask a question. So uh, Leach has got his Hawaiian shirt on, which you would kind of expect from him. So, William, I'm glad you had a good time doing that. That's really cool to see. 
Also, Daniel Jones sends this in. I guess Oconee County has, um, he says, it's a Coney Middle School track and field trophy, literally a shoe spray-painted gold, which is very similar to the golden shoe that we give out each and every day. So I'd hate to have to send a cease and desist to one of our local area middle schools. I kid, I would never do that. But uh, that is very, very similar to our golden shoe. That's kind of a cool thing to be able to see there. So good comments. Our buddy Forestry Dog also wrote into our comment section at dognation.com on the possibility there may not be full stadiums, which I don't think is going to be an issue, but he's joking about this. And he wants to, if we go back to cardboard cutouts again, he wants to get a cardboard cutout of Megan Mullen kissing one of the Florida players. And, you know, listen, I try to be very careful about what I say about a man's wife, but obviously a lot of Georgia fans certainly pay very close attention to Megan's, I guess, uh, displays of affection for some of those Florida football players. That certainly got a lot of attention from Georgia fans before. And, uh, and Forrester Drug has a very, very funny take on that in the pages of DogNation.com and our comment section there on DogNation.com. Pretty funny stuff all the way around. Hey, y'all, thanks for being here today as a part of our R.S. Andrews podcast cool down. Please check out R.S. Andrews online, rsandrews.com, for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They'll show up on time. They'll do good work for you. The work that's promised for the price that's promised. They'll even get that old, tired AC unit back tuned up to factor fresh specs. So find them online at rsandrews.com. They'll do that for you today. We'll see you back here tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We'll look forward to speaking to you then.